This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. This week, we're going to continue the trend we've been going over here lately. We're going to go through our wide receiver rankings for the upcoming class of rookies. Um, but before we get into that, there has been some free agency news since the last time we were with y'all um, that we want to real quick give you a rundown on. We'll spend a little more time on some rather than others, but I'm just going to go through some of the fantasy relevancy. Um, so the first team, the Buffalo Bills, um, they signed a new starting quarterback and Mitch Trubisky going to take Josh Allen's job. Um, probably not, obviously. Um, but they did sign two uh, players that I, I – So they would, signed somebody to hold Josh Allen's jockstrap? Yes, essentially, and, and to hold kicks. Uh, but they did sign two players that I think could be fantasy relevant there. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is going to fill in the John Brown role from last year. Um, John Brown was a st- spot start type, type of guy. You could get that same production from Emmanuel Sanders. And then one I really like was uh, J- Jacob Hollister, your former Seattle Seahawk. I'm going to go ahead and get a chance at tight end. And and that's been one of the lacking spots for the Buffalo Bills, in my mind, is, is production from their tight end spot. Um, so maybe Jacob Hollister will provide some fantasy relevancy to us there. I think Hollister may take away some of those uh, little red zone sneaks you're seeing from Allen and everything. He's, he's a big body guy to be seeing in the end zone. Hollister definitely could hopefully help them out in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> staying in that division, the Miami Dolphins signed uh, Jacoby Brissett, Malcolm Brown, and Will Fuller. Obviously, the big one there is Will Fuller. Um, big one's Jacoby Brissett, no, the new starter in no, Miami. No, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, what's intriguing to me about Will Fuller going there is you've got Devontae Parker, who could be your kind of uh, reception guy. You've now got a guy in Will Fuller who can be a deep field threat. And if Miami adds um, another wide receiver in the way of the draft, you could be looking at this wide receiving uh, pass catching core in Miami as a spot of wing, uh, strength rather than weakness. And let's not forget they also have Mike Jacet or. Uh, uh, Giseki. So two, uh, Tua could have some great weapons there next year. Absolutely. They are building that team for Tua, and I don't see them trading out. I mean, a lot of talks of them trading him to Houston and everything else during this offseason, I don't think they're going to be moving on from Tua anytime soon. Um, one of the more shocking um, moves here recently is Juju back to the Steelers. Uh, it's shocking in the fact that Juju came out and had that meeting with all of his teammates telling him, you know, goodbye, he's not coming back, and then he pivots and takes less money from uh, it, Kansas City and Baltimore to re-sign in Pittsburgh. And it's crazy that he did that because I believe if I read the contract and everything uh, correctly, he's taking almost $8 million and possibly with incentives and everything, he's Correct. losing $8 million this year. Correct, yeah, so that one's interesting. He's, he's a hometowner. He wanted to stay. I think he just wanted to keep doing TikToks with Chase Claypool. Oh, that too. Um, the Texans, speaking of the Texans, um, traded for Ryan Finley from the Cincinnati Bengals. New starter. Signed Tyrod Taylor. Uh, and then their running backs are really cl- crowdy, clou- crowded and cloudy now. They added Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay um, to, to pair along with David Johnson. Um, as a David Johnson owner in Dynasty, how are you feeling about all this? I mean, David Johnson's almost droppable now with all that. I mean, yeah, they restructured his contract and everything to make it more team-friendly, but – I'm not trusting a single thing in Houston. There's yeah. nothing outside of Deshaun Watson that I trust. I, I don't like uh, this this running back room at all at this point. There's a lot of capable guys there, uh, and they're going to just hurt each other's value tremendously in fantasy. Um, <clears throat> the Indianapolis Colts re-signed Marlon Mack to a one-year deal. Um, I read something the other day. It'll be really interesting because Marlon Mack's young, uh, but the injury he's coming back from, was it Achilles? Yes. Or Achilles. Um, there's very few running backs – 
age or not, been able to come back a season after tearing an Achilles. It usually takes two or three years for them to get back even to like 80% strength. So it'll be interesting to see what Marlon Mack's able to do. Um, for Jonathan Taylor owners out there, I don't foresee this hurting value at all there. Absolutely um, not. I think they're going to bring in Mack, let him get let him get some work, let him get some game time, but it won't be a whole lot. It would be more like, hey, let's help you get back on your feet so we can ship you out of town. Or let you walk next year. Yeah. Uh, the Jags sign Carlos Hyde, and uh, the big one there uh, to me is Marvin Jones Jr. I think it's going to be a three-headed monster to see who Trevor Lawrence likes as his best wideout between Jones Jr., DJ Chark, and Lavisca Chenault next year. So that'll be interesting to keep your eyes on. Um, another move that I kind of like that happened uh, kind of under the radar: the Tennessee Titans signed Josh Reynolds. Uh, Josh Reynolds could now have some fantasy relevancy. I know a lot of people were excited about him there. And the Corey Davis role is open. The Corey Davis role is completely open. It'll be interesting to see if Josh Reynolds can do that. Um, <clears throat> though the Las Vegas Raiders, with the head, most head scratching move to me, is is the signing of Kenyon Drake. Uh, after they, getting rid of all their line. After getting rid of all their line. Now they have retooled their line. They they have signed some other guys, um, but it makes no sense adding Drake when you already have a guy like Josh Jacobs. To me. Um, I traded out of Josh Jacobs at the right time in my mind, but for those people that are still owning Josh Jacobs, where's your confidence level at in Josh Jacobs at this point? Right. Uh, I, it's, I, it's, it's slim to none. I mean, you're, you're looking at almost a committee now. I mean, he went from being a first or second round draft pick and redrafts last year to what, maybe a third or fourth round pick? Maybe, if, if even that high. Yeah, I mean, he's still got all the ability in the world, but what, what he's going to be able to do with it, we'll see. Um, they also signed John Brown, formerly of the uh, Buffalo Bills, um, he's going to take it in that Nelson Aguilar role in my mind. Uh, it'll still be Darren Waller's uh, pass catching role oh, yeah. in, in my mind. Uh, another move that I really like that I'm going to keep my eye on pretty intently is the Chargers added Jared Cook after Hunter Henry left. Um, we all know Justin Herbert likes his tight ends. He does spread the ball around well. Uh, second year in the offense, he should have a little more rain to do so. So Jared Cook could be in line for for what he was when he first came to, to New Orleans. Um, the Giants have been one of the more busy teams as far as adding offensive pieces. Um, they added Devontae Booker to uh, to back up Saquon Barkley. Uh, they added the speedy John Ross, former first-round draft pick, who was drafted before Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and they added the aging Kyle Rudolph. And then, obviously, the big one that I know you're going to want to speak on is they added Kenny G. Uh, that 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 team right there has retooled their whole offense, it seems, minus the quarterback Uh Daniel Jones has all the all the weapons there to make a good run. They got Ingram, they got Rudolph, they got Slayton. I think Shepard's still there. Yeah. I believe Tate has walked. Tate's gone. Uh, now they got Galladay. Still and, got Evan Ingram and uh, and Ross. Saquon Barkley. Barkley's going to be coming back. Uh, you got Booker back there. That that offense is going to be something fun to watch. And I really like Daniel Jones moving forward. Is it is it safe to say that if Daniel Jones still doesn't pick it up, and become what everybody expects him to be after this year, he's never going to do it? Absolutely. Okay. Um, another team in that division that I've really liked their offseason moves is the Washington football team. They added Ryan Fitzmagic, um, the absolute NFL journeyman. Uh, he's going to get a chance to come in and be the day one starter. I believe he was signed with the, the initial aspect that he's going to be the starter. Yes. And then they also signed Curtis Samuel, who they desperately needed us outside uh, on the opposite side of uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, and one thing, if you're if you own any part of the offense there in Washington, um, I, 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 I'm going to have to work on this, but the tight end there, um, Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas is also going to benefit from this. Ryan Fitzmagic does not care about turning the ball over. He's going to sling the ball all over the field. Absolutely. Fantasy value should be higher there than it's been in recent memory. 
Now, with, with the addition of Curtis Samuel, you're looking at possibly losing some targets from Terry McLaurin. Obviously, any pass catcher they're added is going to um, take away targets from McLaurin. But you're also looking at possibly losing some targets and touches for um, uh, was it Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's a gadget man. So And look how, look how Carolina used him Absolutely. last year so, in Christian McCaffrey's absence. And, I mean, Curtis Samuel is coming back to his former coach. Correct. Correct. So that, that's another big one there. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Um, the Lions added Jamal Williams, which, yes, I understand Jamal Williams is a backup running back. He could have signed elsewhere and had a bigger role. He's going to hurt DeAndre Swift's value this year. That's a mind. committee now in my mind. It, there's, I, I think you what, got a first and second down back, and you got a third down back there. I think what you'll see more often than not, too, is, is rather than DeAndre Swift coming off the field, DeAndre Swift will move into that slot while Jamal Williams is there and add both of them because they both catch the ball very well. Absolutely. Uh, and DeAndre Swift is more explosive than Jamal Williams, but it's still going to be interesting to see how that dynamic work, dynamic works out. Um, my Atlanta Falcons added Mike Davis, the, the hero for a lot of people's fantasy uh, last year after Christian McCaffrey went down. Um, Mike Davis had his best year in, in the NFL last year. Absolutely. I am not excited about this as an Atlanta Falcons fan. Um, it definitely just points to more of what Arthur Smith said was going to be a running back by committee there. Um, so, so not not uh, much interest to me. Uh, <clears throat> the Arizona Cardinals added AJ Green. Uh, AJ Green still got a little bit left in the gas tank. Um, if nothing else, I think this is big for DeAndre Hopkins. It should pull uh, double coverage away from him a little bit, and it gives Kyler Murray a red zone target. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, the Los Angeles Rams added Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I'm not sure Deshaun Jackson will have much fantasy relevancy, um, but it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And then uh, your Seattle Seahawks um, were able to add Gerald Everett. And then the one that really shocked me because it looked like he was all but good and gone is Chris Carson. Absolutely. Um, Um, The addition of Gerald uh, Gerald Everett, I think, is more of a blocking aspect. Uh, We don't really have a blocking tight end, and Gerald Everett is is, – better blocker than any tight end on our roster. I don't know. Once again, I don't think any tight ends in Seattle are fantasy relevant anytime soon. Not until one emerges a clear cut in a, in a way by better than the others. Um, but that's kind of a recap on where we're at with the fantasy or, or the NFL free agency at this point. Obviously, some of these moves have shaken and breaking down to where it's going to make it where teams like, for example, Baltimore was supposed to be big players in this free agency wide receiver class. Struck out on everybody. They're going to be more uh, apt to draft one of these wide receivers we're getting ready to talk about. Um, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on some of that as we as we progress and move forward. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get into these wide receiver rankings. Um, Walker, I think we both agree on the number one here, as we have with the past uh, uh, two weeks with running backs and quarterbacks. Wide receivers, Jamar Chase. Absolutely. There's, um, there's no one better. Jamar Chase is a six foot one, 200-pound uh, junior from LSU. He did set out this year, which is worth noting. Um, but in his career, he hauled in 107 receptions for 2,093 yards, 19.6 yards per catch, and 23 over uh, total touchdowns. Um, Jamar Chase is, is ahead above the rest of the wide receivers on this board. Um, I think he could have had a chance at being the number one wide receiver off the board last year and last year's class as well. Um, I would have liked to have seen Jamar Chase play this year. Uh, and just see how he handled the adversity of not having a, a good quarterback like Joe Burrow this year, um, just to see if he was still able to overcome that. Um, but I, I like Jamar Chase a lot here. Um, his, his body build and the way he kind of runs with the ball once he gets it in space reminds me a lot of Antonio Brown, um, the way he's able to get yards after catch, and, and he takes off and puts it into a second gear that people don't catch. Absolutely. Uh, Jamar Chase, uh, I mean, 
the, the only question I have with him is he a, is he a product of Joe's Joe Burrow's amazing season because he was there with Jamar or uh, Justin Jefferson. You got uh, Jamar Chase, and then you have another one that which we'll talk about later. Terrence uh, Marshall. Terrence Marshall. So I mean, they had three phenomenal wide receivers. Not to mention a great tight end that fit that system perfectly in Thaddeus Moss. So the only real question is, is he the product of in 2019 with Joe Burrow? He had he played 14 games. He had 84 receptions for 1,780 yards and 20 receiving touchdowns. Those are just crazy stats. So even with all that, he was able to put all that up too with Joe Burrow. He's got amazing speed, hands, and great contested catch ability, and he he creates separation. So no, I don't think he is part of the Joe Burrow uh, season. But once again, it's something that we would have all loved to be able to see. We would. I think it would have immensely either a put him into the. The, he's the best in this class for 100% certainty, or it would have dropped him back into the realm with the rest of these guys. How do we have seen what he could do with this the quarterback situation at LSU there? Um, <clears throat> moving right along, I think we're both in agreement on this one. Um, at number two, Jalen Waddle. It's more uh, of a 2A, 2B for me in this situation. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Jalen Waddle's 5'10, 182 pounds, a junior from Bama. Um, in his career, he hauled in 106 receptions for 1,999 yards. 18.9 yards per catch and added 17 touchdowns. Um, Jalen Waddle reminds me a lot of Stefan Diggs. Maybe not Stefan Diggs of this year, but Stefan Diggs of, of um, his time in Minnesota. He kind of waited for his, his opportunities, get like two or three catches and have 75 yards and a touchdown for you. Um, so I, I like Jalen uh, Waddle here. Um, again, had, had uh, Jalen Waddle done what Devonta Smith did this year. Maybe I would have had Jalen Waddle a little closer to Jamar Chase, but I have him at number two. I think, and, and yeah, Jalen Waddle, he's got yak ability, which is going to be very fun to watch. He's got speed. He catches the ball away from his body, which is, is kind of crazy to see um, it, the ability to do that um, so efficiently and, and, and uh, continuously his balance and his route tree are just crazy in his vision. So, I mean, he's going to be a little gadget guy. Um, he lacks a little bit of size sure. for your wide receiver. And he had that injury in 2019 or 2020. I'm sorry. I wrote down the wrong year, but honestly, his best fits I'm looking at, I mean, you're looking at Miami, Atlanta, which is kind of crazy to say. And, and Denver, anyone that needs like a true slot guy, uh, the Jets, this this guy is one of those guys that you can see instantly in, in, in the slot, move him around the formation, and, and he's going to be instantly effective for any team, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next guy, um, I think we're still in agreement here. We're going to get some variation here in a minute, but I think we're still on the same page. At number three, I have Devonta Smith, um, six foot one, 165-pound senior from Alabama. Um, if Devontae Smith weighed 195 pounds even um, – I'd have him right there with Jamar Chase. The only reason I've got him ranked at third is just because of his lack of size. Um, he's he's a guy that that to me is going to have to get in and put on a ton of weight uh, to be successful a long time. Otherwise, he's going to get eaten up when he goes across the middle of the field, which is where he thrived uh, in Bama there. Um, I do have his pro comp as Marvin Harrison, um, you know, a, another guy that was very small, but but found a way to make it work. You know, catch a ball across the middle of the field and go down rather than get blown up by some of these huge linebackers and these hybrid safeties. Um, and and let's not forget, Devonta Smith also won the Heisman this year, which is very hard to do for a wide receiver. 
Absolutely. He uh, he was a four-year uh, starter there at Bama. Well, three-year, I think, main starter. But he did play four years in Bama. He was, he's 22 years old. Uh, that really, once again, he lacks size, and that's really about the only thing you can really knock this kid for. He's got the great speed. He gets separation. Once again, he's going to be – I think he's a great movable chess piece, just like Waddle. Um, and it'll be it'll be fun to see which one of those two actually have the better career. Once again, I think his best fit is um, San Francisco, where they know how to use a gadget wide receiver, but they have two of them there. And uh, Carolina Panthers, I think they get a new Curtis Samuel in town. Yeah, I did forget to read his career stats. So he had 235 receptions, 3,965 yards, 16.9 yards per catch, and 46 touchdowns. So the dude finds a way into the end zone. Absolutely. And, and, and it's amazing. You look, and his real breakout year was 2019. Yes, he had a great 2020. But he put his really he put his name and his stamp out there on 2019, where he had 68 catches, uh, 1,256 yards, and 14 touchdowns. Yeah, I know 2020 stats are better, but once again, that's really really put his name out there and started breaking out. Sure, um, I think this is where we're going to see our first difference at number four. I have Rondale Moore. Uh, Rondale Moore is the um, five foot nine, 180 pound sophomore from Purdue. Uh, 178 receptions, uh, 1,915 yards. 10.8 yards per reception and 14 touchdowns. Um, Rondell Moore reminds me a lot of a guy that's going to hit near and dear to you, Walker, but uh, he reminds me a lot of Tyler Lockett. He's going to be a slot specialist in the NFL, very quick, good hands, sure hands, moves in and out of coverage well, finds separation, and, and I just, I'm just i really excited to see where Rondell Moore ends up. Absolutely. He's young, too. He's only 20 years old as of the time of talking right now. He's only 20. He may end up hitting that 21 mark before the end of the start of the season. But in 2018, where he played his, his first year there at Purdue, he played in 13 games. Uh, in 2019, he only played in four. 2020, they only had three. But he had 114 receptions back in 2018, 1,258 yards and 12 touchdowns. Similar stats to the 2019 season of Devonta Smith. That's 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 absolutely ludicrous for an 18-year-old kid to come do in the, in the Big Ten. Yeah, in the Big Ten where you're seeing some of the best secondaries in the college yeah. football. Ohio State. Uh, Rondell Morris, I have him ranked a little bit lower, a couple spots. I think I have him down at – I actually have him down at spot six. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's going to come in, and, and some of the best fits for him to go to, I think, is once again the same spots we've been saying. You got your, your – uh, Miami and Detroit, somebody that needs a good slot receiver, a good gadget guy to move around where he can go inside, outside. But I definitely think that it, wherever he goes, he could instantly get a lot of targets. And he's he's a great cross-the-field guy. I mean, yeah, once again, it, I mean, it's looking like a lot of these guys are lacking a little bit of NFL size, yeah. but still, they, uh, this, they'll build into it. This class as a whole is pretty undersized, a lot of, a lot of speed, um, a lot of shiftiness, but there's not a lot of – Huge red zone threats in this class. Um, so I have more at four. You have them at six. At five, I have Kadarius Tony, which is right where I have also Kadarius Tony. Uh, Kadarius Tony is the um, five foot eleven, one hundred ninety pound senior from the University of Florida. One hundred twenty uh, receptions, fifteen hundred ninety yards, thirteen point three yards per catch, and twelve touchdowns. Kadarius Tony. Reminds me an absolute lot of Percy Harvin, the way Percy Harvin was when he, in his time there at the University of Florida. Um, very, very shifty. Again, sure-handed. Um, moves around a lot in the formation. Can play inside, outside. Kadarius Tony gets into a spot. I like. I'd like Kadarius Tony a lot in New Orleans. 
I'd like Kadarius Tony an absolute lot in Green Bay and Kansas City. Absolutely. That's right. Uh, Kadarius Tony, if I'm not mistaken, is the guy that made – he was making a name for himself out there in the senior bowl and really building his draft stock. He's one of those Justin Herbert type guys where he built that name and has that opportunity. Um, this past season for, you know, a lot of people that didn't know who he was prior to the senior bowl, he had 70 receptions, 984 yards, and 10 total touchdowns. He had 17.8% of the target share there in Miami – or. Florida and Florida, sorry, which is once again crazy for a tight end that was all or for uh, the other guy, the tight end Kyle Pitts there in in Florida also. So, but he'd be able to get 17, 18 percent of the target shares. Good stuff there for him. Uh, yeah, this is a guy that's going to come in, and, and I think his best fit is also where he's able to take over the number two corner. He obviously doesn't have to come out and be the number one. He's a great speedy outside guy. So, yeah, I think uh, you could see him with, you know, Green Bay, New Orleans, I think are the probably the best two spots. De- I just don't think Detroit has a number one that could really help him out I and agree. grow with. I agree. Uh, at number six, uh, I have uh, Rashad Bateman, the six foot two, 210-pound junior from Minnesota, the first guy with uh, real size that we're talking about here. Um, Rashad Bateman had 147 receptions, 2,395 yards, 16.3 yards per catch, and 19 touchdowns. Uh, I have his player comp as Keenan Allen, um, and, and my rationale behind that is they're, they're guys that they don't necessarily have to get separation to, to make catches. They're pretty good at contested catches. They can get sneaky and, and get away and have some yards after catch, but they're they're kind of possession monsters where they catch the ball, they get you 10 yards, they, they go down in a cloud of dust. And, and the rest is history. Um, Rashad Bateman is a, is a guy that I believe he was a starter, a three-year starter in Minnesota yes. since they've started having their success there and that program started to come around. Um, he's Him and uh, Tyler Johnson. I yes. Who's down there in uh, yes, Jack, Tampa Bay now. Tampa Bay, yes. yes. And uh, Rashad Bateman has been a focal point of that of that Minnesota team coming around and getting better. Um, and, and I just really like to see where this young man's journey takes him. Um, he's another one that I think if he ends up in a Green Bay or a Kansas City – opposite of a Devontae Adams or a Tyreek Hill who are their burners and both those teams need a possession guy. This guy could step in and be that Im- immediately. Um, Bateman's one guy that I've, I've had my eyes on. I've, I've watched a lot of his film. Um, as a freshman, he come out, he had in 2018, he had 51 receptions, 704 yards and six receiving touchdowns as a freshman. Can you name me the quarterback that there, that's uh, there in Minnesota? No. Exactly. He's doing this with – Now, I will say next year I'll be able to because he's going to be a top five quarterback off the board next year. <laughs> Absolutely. But at this point, no, I can't because I haven't done any research on him. But Bateman, Bateman's got an amazing tr- uh, route tree. He has amazing hands. He's, he's He's got great in routes. He sells all of his routes if you actually sit there and watch. And he, he gets decent separation. He doesn't get great separation, but he can separate. But his struggles with him, this is what really blows my mind and may end up hurting him a lot in the NFL, is, yeah, he's an outside guy. He struggles with the out route. He seems to always fade up field when he runs those outs towards the sideline. Um, and he also has a stutter step at the line that if he doesn't fix that coming into the NFL, those corners are going to jam him all day. He's only 21 years old. So, I mean, he's got the age. I got him. This pains me to say because I absolutely dislike it all. His best fits Baltimore down there at the end of the first round. They get themselves a true possession receiver. Uh, opposite of uh, Brown. Do they, do they need wideouts in Baltimore? Yes. Do they have anybody that throws the ball? They got Baltimore? a running back that throws the ball. Oh, okay. All right. Just making sure. As much as it, like I said, this pains me to say, because yeah, I, I would love to see this kid career really take off. 
I, I know I know how much you you like uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, not to put all your cards on the table, but are you as high on him if he does end up in Baltimore as you would be if he ends I'm up not. I definitely got to look somewhere else. Um, once again, the division they play in is an amazing defensive all division right. too. I mean, they do have probably the best defense in the. And in it, does, the, it doesn't help that they don't know how to throw a ball. No, there, not so. at all. And there's also that tight end that steals a bunch of red zone targets and everything else. And this is a big body guy that could be a red zone threat. So I mean, if he goes to Baltimore, I think you're going to see. Um, Mark Andrews take a, a hit fantasy wise um, a little more than he already did this past year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I at, actually have him higher at, than you. Yeah, you had him at number four, I believe. Correct. Well, you have uh, what you have at four. I more. Have, uh, we have more and uh, Bateman Swift. Okay. Um, I have uh, speaking of more at number seven. I have Elijah Moore, the five foot nine, one hundred eighty four pound junior from Old Miss. He hauled in one hundred eighty nine receptions for two thousand four hundred forty one yards. 12.9 yards per catch and 16 total touchdowns. Elijah Moore reminds me a lot of one of my personal favorites in the NFL and Calvin Ridley, uh, a guy who would thrive in the slot but would be fine on the outside. Um, uh, again, played in the SEC with with going against Bam every year, so he probably matched up with Patrick Zertan. Excuse me. Um, he's, he's just another guy that I think uh, if he gets in and finds the right spot, you're going to hear these same teams keep coming up, but it, it, it's not any less true. Um, Elijah Moore, he ends up in, in the Los Angeles Chargers with Herbert. He ends up in Kansas City with Mahomes or, or Green Bay with Rodgers. Um, his value is much higher than it, if it, than it is if, it, if he ends up in Detroit or the Jets or something similar to that. Um, so I, I, I have Elijah Moore at seven. Um, I don't see myself putting him any higher, even on his draft stock, but he could fall depending on his draft. I have him at number eight. Um, yeah, he's got – I mean, he's got everything you want in a in a slot receiver for the NFL, but I think he's going to be one guy that takes a little time to build. At age 19, his second year at Ole Miss in 2019, he had 67 receptions for, uh, in 12 games, 850 yards and six touchdowns. It was his real breakout year. Yeah, uh, he he's he's going to be the type of guy that that if he if he gets in the right spot – um, he, it, the sky could be the limit for him. Um, and, and it'd be interesting to see where that, that spot may end up being. Um, at, at number eight, I have, uh, Tylen Wallace, the six foot 180 pound senior from Oklahoma state, um, 205 receptions, 3,434 yards, 16.8 yards, uh, per catch and 26 touchdowns. Um, Tylen Wallace reminds me a lot of his namesake, Mike Wallace, um, there, if you remember Mike from his time in Pittsburgh and Miami, um, Tylen Wallace has got a, 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 in this middle of the road size in this class, if you will, um, probably going to end up being on the outside, but would also be fine on the, on the inside as a slot guy. Um, he works the field pretty well. If you, if you watch any of his tape there from Oklahoma state, um, caught a lot of, of wide receiver screens and was able to take off with them. That was a, a focal point of the Oklahoma state offense there under Mike Grundy. Uh, I really like Tylen Wallace. He's one that opposite of Elijah Moore. If he goes to the right spot, I could see him moving up um, in my draft on my draft board. Absolutely, Tylen Wallace. He was he was the focal point receiver there. I have him a lot lower, but I also dropped him a lot lower due to the fact of him sitting out the uh, Pro Bowl game. The one chance I actually got a chance to sit down and walk, watch Oklahoma State and not just catching film. But uh, he's a guy that I, I think he, he has the opportunity that if he does get drafted in the right spot, he could step in and really make an uh, impact on some teams. Correct. All right, so Tylen Wallace at eight, and at nine I have uh, Terrence Marshall, 
um, the six foot four, two hundred pound junior from LSU, um, the guy who benefited from Jamar Chase sitting out this year, one hundred six receptions. 1,594 yards, 15 yards per catch, 23 touchdowns. Another one that I'm going to go off of here, that <laughs> last name is the same, but that's not why I picked it. Um, I see Terrence Marshall Jr. as uh, being similar abilities to Brandon Marshall in the NFL, a, a big body guy that can be a great red zone threat, go up and get the ball over a cornerback. Um, you're going to see Terrence Marshall um, – on some you got Moss highlights in the future um, in the NFL, he's just a, he's a good sized dude, uh, fairly quick, and he, he's going to be a red zone monster for whatever team ends up drafting him. Absolutely, I have him actually up there at number seven, uh, right underneath uh, Rondell Moore. But Terrence Marshall is he's a quick, speedy receiver. He's only twenty years old. He's a guy that that really could come in and, and and make an immediate impact on any on any team. I don't see a perfect fit for him. He's a guy that can move around and play all three positions. I think he can play the one, the two, or the slot. He's a guy that you know. Once again, you said is a great contested catch uh, baller out there. And yeah, I I, I see him doing uh, getting better with his route tree and everything else through coaching in the NFL. I think if he if if he winds up somewhere like uh, um, I don't know Carolina. Or Washington. Washington might be a great spot for him to sit, you know, and and, and learn from Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, and everything else. I think a good coach is what's going to make or break his career. His uh, his best spot for me um, is more so because of how much it would benefit the team. Um, but a guy of his size and his ability ended up in, ending up in Kansas City, um, opposite of Tyreek Hill, would give Patrick Mahomes another massive red zone target, um, opposite of, of Travis Kelsey. So I, I like. Um, I like uh, Terrence Marshall there to end up in, in uh, Kansas City. Um, at number 10, I have Dwayne Eskridge, uh, the five foot nine, 190-pound senior from Western Michigan. Um, he's another guy uh, similar to D- Demetric Felton that we talked about last week um, that was a wide receiver turned somewhat running back. He, he, he took snaps at running back um, in the senior bowl, I believe. Um, 122 uh, receptions, 2,260 yards, uh, 18.5 yards per catch, and 15 touchdowns. He's another guy that, that gets behind coverage. He, he's very quick, um, has that breakaway speed, and, and you, you pair him with a big-arm quarterback, you could see explosive things happen in the NFL. I actually like Dwayne Eskridge a lot um, to the New York football giants prior to their addition of um, Kenny Galladay. Uh, so Eskridge is another guy that made a name for himself out there in the senior bowl. Um, smaller college, came out and showed what he could do against the bigger guys. He actually played uh, cornerback as a junior there at Western Michigan. Um, so, I mean, that does give him a little bit better. He's a, he's a, a slot receiver. I mean, I think that would be his best fit. So, once again, any team that needs a nice slot receiver to really come out and do it, um, there's not a whole lot to say about him minus the fact that, you know, in 2019 he was limited to four games. He did have a clavicle injury. But I think this kid is a guy that, once again, can go out and, and really fill in a slot role. I don't think he's going to be your one or two, but he's definitely in fantasy value falling into the right spot. He definitely could make a great wide receiver three or even just a great bye week fill in for you. Yeah, so um, what other better – better pro comp for him other than that of Curtis Samuel, a guy we mentioned earlier. He's going to come in and have the opportunity to be a gadget guy someplace. Um, so I, I like it, Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, I do, obviously don't like him as much as a lot of other guys in this, on this list, but good enough to be at number 10. Um, at number 11, I have um, a guy who probably should be higher 
um, than where he is. But Amari Rogers, the five foot ten, two hundred and ten pound senior from Clemson, one hundred eighty one receptions, two thousand one hundred forty four yards, uh, only eleven point eight yards uh, per reception, and fifteen touchdowns. Um, I know you're a little bit higher on Amari Rogers than I am. I do I have my number nine? Um, the reason I, I keep him kept him back a little bit was um, as wide open as as the passing lanes and and things of that should have been in, in Clemson, thanks to uh, Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence's ability, he should have had more yards per catch than what he did. Um, so his lack of of separation and speed is what bothers me a little bit here. Absolutely, yeah, he did lacks the size and speed of an NFL uh, receiver, but we're seeing the size constantly show back up in this class. Um, he benefited playing in the um, – oh, my goodness. He benefited playing um, with Trevor Lawrence. In the pro-style offense. And, yeah, in a pro-style offense. He's a guy I do have him up high. He balled out. I believe uh, that was the senior bowl. Yeah, that's where I caught my first glimpse of him. He was able to get out there and ball out. He, he catches – he high points. The ball was one thing that really stood out to me. And uh, so, I mean, he's a guy that if he gets drafted, he'll have to earn his targets. I like it. I have him at number nine because I think he has a long, uh, a good chance to have a nice long career in the NFL. So that's why I'm a little higher on him. Sure, that's fair. Um, at number twelve, I have a guy that's that's going to be pretty under the radar in my mind. Um, could be a, a decent sleeper for you if you're able to get him. Sage Surratt from uh, the six foot two, two hundred fifteen pound junior from Wake Forest. Um, Sage had 107 receptions for 1,582 yards, 14.8 yards uh, per catch, and 15 touchdowns. Um, again, coming from a school that got beat up on a lot in school or in college, excuse me, and he, he's he's come out. He's he's got both the height and the weight that you'd like to see um, from an NFL or a, a traditional wide receiver that coming into the NFL. Um, He's another guy that I, I see similar ability-wise to Rashad Bateman. Um, you put him in a, in a spot where he's able to be a possession kind of receiver for somebody, um, and he could be a steal of this draft. Absolutely. He's 23 years old. I actually left him out of my top 15 um, altogether just because there's just very limited of what we've seen from him. He's had, like you said, 107 total targets. He only played in 19 games there at Wake Forest. He had 15 touchdowns. It's just a very small sample size of him. But yes, he does have the body and the or the the size to be an NFL one or two receiver out there on the outside. So yes, he does have the opportunity to make it. Once again, I left him out just lack of lack of um, exposure. exposure. Thank you. Couldn't come up with the word here. Uh, at uh, at 13, I have Amara St. Brown, the six foot one, 195 pound junior from uh, the University of Southern California. 178 receptions, 2,270 yards, uh, 12.8 yards per reception, and 16 touchdowns. Um, yes, he does have a brother already in the NFL, Marquez. Uh, or no, uh, uh, enormous. Enormous St. Brown, yeah. excuse me. I'm thinking of Mar- Marquez Valdez, Scantling, same team. What same uh, team, yes. Uh, uh, his brother um, has done nothing in the NFL. Um, Amonra has, has, is the better of the two brothers, I would say, at least coming out of college. Whether he, he turns that into anything in the NFL is yet to be seen. Um, but uh, I'm always a little leery when it comes to um, – wide receivers coming out of USC. Um, the only one I can think of that's been successful as of late really has been uh, Juju. I know what Michael Pittman came out of there last year. Is that right? I believe so. Yes. Was it Pittman that came from there? And Pittman's okay. Um, 
we'll see what Pittman does with uh, with Carson Wentz. He's not off to a great start, but not giving up this jersey number. Um, <laughs> but uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is a guy. Um, I, I think he's 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 fairly quick. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that could thrive in a in a in a role similar to that of Michael Thomas. A lot of slant routes. You could see this kid be really successful on. Um, as far as the best fit for him, I, I don't necessarily have one. Definitely going to have to be someplace where he's the th- second or third option at best. Um, give an opportunity to uh, to uh, to grow into his 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 role a little bit. Um, uh, that's about really all I have to say about him. I got, he's, he's 21 years old. He in, in 2020 they only played six games. He had seven receiving touchdowns, and that's so, that's and, big. And, yes. And yes, that's he only averages 11.7 yards per reception in um, in 2020. But I mean, yeah, he's just a fast, shifty wide receiver who high points the ball. I think if you put him in a Green Bay spot, New Orleans, where he's the number two guy, I really think that he could have a, a, a phenomenal a phenomenal career. Um, I think that's where he would thrive is in a number two spot. He, um, I have him ranked as the number 15 wide receiver on my board just because I don't really know outside of like where he needs to be a number two. I just don't know where he fits in in a lot of these offenses sure. nowadays because a lot of these offenses you see have a solid one and two. Sure. Um, coming in at number 14 for me, I have Tamarion Terry, uh, the six foot four, 203 pound junior from Big Boy University. 118 receptions, 2,221 yards, um, great yards for catch, 18.8 yards for that, and 18 touchdowns. Uh, Tamarion Terry is a guy um, that that is coming in, and he's, he's a lot lower than where he should be basically because of how terrible Florida State's been the whole time he's been there. Absolutely. Uh, he's just a big – Big guy, too. I mean, he's going to come out. He's got the opportunity to be a number one wide receiver in the NFL with his size and strength and everything. And, and he played for such terrible Florida teams last year. They played in six games. He had 23 targets, 289 yards. So not a whole lot last year. 2019, terrible team. We saw Cam Akers play behind probably the worst line there. So then you come over here with Terry. He had 60 receptions, 1,188 yards. Or Sorry. Yeah, 1,188 yards, so I did say that right, and nine receiving touchdowns. He's just a big guy who goes up and gets that football. He's going to be a beautiful red zone target guy. He will have to earn his spot, but once he does, I think he's. I think he's, his career could be looking, looking up and looking up very quick if he earns it. Absolutely. Um, the last guy I put at number uh, 15 here is one of my personal favorites, um, from this wide receiver class, it's Nico Collins, a six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pound uh, junior from Michigan. Seventy eight receptions, thirteen uh, thirteen hundred eighty eight yards, seventeen point eight yards per catch, and thirteen um, touchdowns. Now, I will say one thing: I want to m- make sure everybody knows in the two thousand sixteen recruiting class, Nico Collins was the number one wideout uh, by far. Had he have went to Alabama, his stats would be through the roof. Ended up going through Michigan and having the likes of Shea Patterson and a bunch of other no-name guys throwing him the ball. And Michigan's not been good, um, especially under John Harbaugh. They've 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 been okay, but they've not been great. And I think Nico Collins plays his his his, his collegiate career anywhere other than Michigan. He's talked about much higher than where he is right now. Um, with Nico's Nico's size and, and his strength, um, which we got to bear witness to in the Senior Bowl, where he absolutely balled out and showed out and was in my mind the best wide receiver at the Senior Bowl. Um, if he goes someplace that's got a good quarterback and a good system, he's going to come in and be an, a, a, a day one fantasy relevant guy. And unfortunately, he's ranked at 15 for me just because of how bad his career was in college. I have him ranked as number 10 on my list because of his size and how well he did in the Senior Bowl. 
And I mean, in 2018, he had 38 receptions for 632 yards and six receiving touchdowns. And that was his breakout year there in, in Michigan. He didn't play much his first year there. He only played in two games. But in 2018, 2019, he had he had two great years. He had, what did you say, 12, 13 total touchdowns he had there in, in Michigan. I just think this kid can come out and he can make an immediate impact in a lot of teams. This is a guy that you may see get drafted late because of the college he played in. But he may instantly move into a lot of receiver or a lot of teams wide receiver too. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on myself here a little bit. Um, I've only got two draft picks in our rookie draft coming up in our dynasty. I don't really have a need outside of adding another running back. Um, and I've got I've got the opportunity where I'm probably gonna get to pick my running back to add. Um, and then I'm looking at at either best player available or um, whatever at my other pick. And Nico Collins is a guy that I may leap for in the second round of our rookie draft just because of how much I like his, his possibility is his, his chances of being successful. Um, so that, that, that brings us through our top 15. Now what I want to do here at Walker is a little bit different than what we've done in the weeks past. Um, our, our top 15s laid out. Who's the most successful out of that top 15, their first year coming into the league. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Okay. I, I tend to agree with you on this a little bit, but I think Jamar Chase ends up going to Philadelphia with a guy in Jalen Hurts who's still le- uh, learning a little bit. So I'm actually going to to step back a little bit, and I, I'm going to say I think Terrence, Terrence Marshall is going to end up the one with the best initial year because I think he's going to end up in, ending up in either Green Bay or Kansas City. And he goes there, and I think he's going to have the opportunity to have the best initial year. Yes, I think Jamar Chase has the best career out of this class. Um, I, I'd, I'd really like to say I, I have high hopes for – for Devonta Smith too, just because of what he was able to do in the in the NFL, uh, I just don't know how that translates to the NFL with his size. Um, so uh, yeah, um, which one of these guys in the top fifteen do you think is is going to end up being the worst um, that'll fan, fan out, never amount to anything? Um, in the top fifteen, I... well, if you want a minute to think, I'll tell you who I think it is. Uh, I think it ends up being your boy if he goes where you think he does. If, if Rashad Bateman ends up in Baltimore, that's the landing spot of the the never ever to return from. Um, if if he doesn't go there though, I think Elijah Moore could end up being the worst in this class just because of his his size um, and and I, he's not as highly touted as the others. So his leash is going to be a little shorter. Um, I think he ends up in a spot where he's, he's got to go in and be the number one wide receiver immediately. A lot of people are going to be disappointed. I I would have to say, once again, the guy I left out is Sage Sherratt. I left him out of my top 15. I know you have him in yours and out of the ones we went over, I think he, he has the, the biggest chance to fall. Okay. All right. Those. That's fair. Um, uh, let's let's hit let's hit on this too because I think we both did research on on several more than just fifteen. Um, who is one of the bigger sleepers in this in this class for you, Walker? A guy that may get drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, maybe even possibly undrafted, but could end up being an absolute stud if you were able to get him on your roster. The Wami Brown out of the University of North Carolina. I think he came out, and yes, he benefited from the great quarterback in uh, Sam Howell there at UNC. Six foot one, one hundred eighty-five pounds. He's just easy. Does he get out there? He balls out every. I mean, his two years, two thousand nineteen, he had fifty-one targets and uh, one thousand thirty-four yards, twelve touchdowns. He loves to find the red zone, or he loves to find the end zone. He's a big uh, red zone target. He's only twenty-one years old. This kid right here, if if he if he falls into the right spot, I know that's sad about a lot of guys. 
he could come out and be an instant, you know, a guy that, that finds the field and, and they find the way to get the ball in his hand. He's just fast. He's shifty. I think he's, he's a guy that could come out of nowhere and, and shock a lot of people. All right. Um, I, I've got, I've got two that I kind of want to talk about a little bit here. Um, the first one being, uh, Trevon Grimes, the six foot four, 214 pound senior from Florida played on the opposite side of, uh, um, Kadarius Tony, um, and that successful offense there, hundred receptions, 1,464 yards, 14.6 yards per catch, 14 total touchdowns. Trevon Grimes reminds me an awful lot of Kenny Galladay. Um, and <laughs> you know, being, being, uh, compared to Kenny Galladay, I understand is, is, Big shoes to fill. You got to come in and be healthy for four games a year and ball out in those four games, and then not play the rest of the year. Uh, I'm, I'm joking. I'm taking a personal dig at you here, um, but I, I just like Trevon Grimes, and, and, and Trevon Grimes is a guy I had ranked at 19 in this class, and he's he's going to come in and he's going to be one of those guys that could go really really late, but with just his size and what he's able to do with the football when he gets it, puts him into an opportunity where he could go late and end up being a, a fourth wide receiver on the depth chart through spring training or uh, training camps, not spring training, got baseball in my mind, apparently. Um, and, and he could end up working his way up to the two or three and getting game time. And if he gets an opportunity, I don't know if he relinquishes it. Absolutely. Um, and then I know another one that we we're both really high on here is uh, Jalen Darden, the uh, five foot nine, 174 pound senior from North Texas, uh, mean green. Uh, Jalen Darden had 230 receptions uh, 2,782 yards, 12.1 yards per catch, and 38 touchdowns. Probably the shiftiest player with the most well-rounded route tree in college. This this kid right here could come out and be the best receiver in this class. Yeah. Easily. Easily. He's got the skills and, and the route tree and the separation ability and the speed. This kid, he could come out. I think this is one guy that's going to end up getting drafted as a special teams guy. But I think he finds the field. I think he finds the field a lot quicker than a lot of people are going to think about him. Yeah, and this is another one that if you're able to grab, even say if you're in a dynasty and you grab him undrafted um, and throw him on your taxi late or whatever, he's going to be a guy that could come in and have huge uh, impact. If you have taxi spots in your dynasty, you can let him sit there all year until he gets his opportunity. This guy could be another steal in this in this upcoming draft. Absolutely. Um, so um, I, I think that kind of wraps up where we want to be on these wide receivers a little bit. Um, I know next week I, I, I we can't hash hammer out exactly what day we're going to get our episode out next week to you guys. I will be in the sunshine, sunshine state in Florida next week. I probably will rub that in a time or two on our cast next week, um, but we are going to do our tight ends next week. It's going to be a shorter episode than usual because there's just not as many tight ends as you all know. Um, but we'll, we'll try to get through that uh, next week. And if there's any um, free agency news that happens in between now and our next cast, we'll try to get that out as well. Um, but I, I think that kind of brings us to where we want to be. Um, Walker, what, where are we kind of looking to be after we get through with our tight end rankings? What are we, what are we kind of looking at moving forward? After we get through our tight end rankings, I'd like to talk about maybe a mock draft before the actual draft. I mean, not just the – I mean, not a mock NFL draft, a mock draft. Get these rookies thrown into a redraft and just not knowing where they're going to end up. But let's let's try to do a little mock draft in on one episode. And then I'd like to talk about the NFL draft and, and – possibly map out some spots okay. where these guys are going to go, where we think they're going to go, their best, their actual best fits. I know we're going to get deeper and deeper into research with some of these guys coming out. But, yeah, I definitely think we need to get into some mocks and uh, start looking into the future. And uh, before we know it, hopefully the NFL drafts here and, and we're starting to look in, looking into the season. It is worth noting that the NFL draft is going to be in person again this year. Absolutely. Is, Down in Cleveland. Big news. Big news. 
Um, so I think that wraps it up for us this week. As always, stay hungry and stay fat, my friends.